Welcome to the Trust Corner. Cyber attacks like ransomware, phishing, DDoS have continued to be of major concern to organizations of all sectors and sizes. Emerging technologies like Internet of Things and machine learning have expanded the threat landscape and developed new attack vectors. Now more than ever, organizations have a need to reassure their customers that they are capable of protecting their data and recovering from an attack with little damage. How can chief trust officers and heads of trust fulfill this need? Our guest today is Jim Alcove, a veteran cybersecurity expert and former chief trust officer at Salesforce, where he was responsible for enterprise-wide transformation, security, and compliance. Before Salesforce, Jim worked for Microsoft, where he focused on enterprise security. He has also served in the Forbes Technology Council. This year, Jim co-founded a cybersecurity startup called Roanoke Data Security Corporation. Welcome to the Trust Corner, Jim. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for tackling this really important topic. We're very excited to hear about your insight and experience. Let's start with your background. What's in your journey? What was your journey like in security? And how did you experience the role of the chief trust officer? How did you prepare yourself for becoming a chief trust officer? You know, like many others, you know, in my career, I think I've been very fortunate, both in terms of opportunities and timing, but also having mentors and sponsors who helped me learn and grow over time. You know, if I go back to the beginning, you know, my wife and I uh, migrated from the Midwest out to Seattle uh, with the hope of joining Microsoft, uh, which I ultimately did. And I later spent 17 years there. And in my opinion, one of the greatest uh, uh, learning experiences for somebody to become a world-class software engineer is, is an opportunity to work at Microsoft. Um, but like many other engineers who just out of college, you kind of get assigned to a project. You don't necessarily get to choose what project you're working on. In my case, I had the opportunity to work on smart card uh, payments in the late 1990s. And that really gave me my first introduction to security and cryptography. And in this day and age, I, I shudder to think about things like ASN1 and basic encoding rules and distinguished encoding rules. Uh, for all the crypto folks out there, I think that uh, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. You know, from there, I spent many years at Microsoft building media content protection technology systems. So I worked on something called PlayReady and uh, HD DVD and Blu-ray. Um, during these years, not only did I get a chance to work on the technology, but I also learned a lot about partnerships. We worked with movie studios and music labels and service providers. And so it really was an educational experience in building big partnerships and negotiating big business deals, which as you think about you know, a career in trust is another key part of your skill set portfolio. From there, I, I moved on to join Xbox as its first secure, chief security officer. This is when I moved from just building and securing products, but also to securing service operations and manufacturing. Another great on-the-job learning opportunity. You know, and Xbox really served as my uh, introduction to learning some uh, of the other key topics in the trust area, like managing fraud, abuse, and online safety. And then when Windows and Windows Phone and Xbox sort of combined in one, into one organization in 2013, I took on the leadership role for enterprise and security for Windows 10. And this is where I learned about you know, pivoting to the security needs of enterprise customers and building products that support enterprise customers from the ground up, like what's now called Windows Defender for Endpoint. After Microsoft, I joined Google, uh, worked on uh, at Nest, uh, leading product engineering and security, where I was focused on IoT products and IoT security. 
And then finally, my final part of my journey was when I joined Salesforce uh, uh, as serving as their chief trust officer. Um, and this was really my first time stepping into the corporate security leader role, which is a different pivot than say a product or divisional security leader, which had been my experience. But the thing that's, I think, most important about what I learned at Salesforce is that it taught me a ton about leading with values and doing well and by doing good. And as we think about uh, trust, I think it really helped me widen the aperture of the way I think about trust from, say, security to a, a broad lens on trust. Jim, thank you for sharing what trust means to you. In the past episodes, we have established that trust has different meanings for different companies and industries. For SAP, it's about security, privacy, and compliance. And we'd like to hear your perspective. What did you do as the chief trust officer and what were your main focus areas? Well, the chief, chief trust officer role varies from uh, company to company for the limited number of companies that, that have them. And to my knowledge, Salesforce was the first company to have a chief trust officer. You know, that, dis that decision to have a chief trust officer at Salesforce really stems from trust being Salesforce's number one corporate value. And that, you know, as a, as a chief trust officer at Salesforce, my job was to be the number one advocate for our core value of trust and also a key member of the company's trust leadership team. And because I, while I was the chief trust officer, there were many other executives and individuals within the company that had responsibilities that were part of building and maintaining trust with all of our stakeholders. I was directly responsible for managing global information security, information management and data governance, and trust and safety. And in trust and safety, I mean things like abuse, fraud, and online safety. Trust and safety being the term of art that we tend to use to talk, uh, talk about that. But I also partnered with a lot of other leaders in, in, in a trust council of sorts uh, uh, across the company on areas like availability, performance, reliability, privacy, ethics and integrity, and accessibility. All are critical to trust, but uh, often uh, those responsibilities lie outside of the, the core direct responsibility of a chief trust officer. Thank you. This is great to hear, Jim. Why is it important for a specifically SaaS company to have a trust office? How did the organization that you saw come to this decision and this realization? I think this is a great question. There, you know, there are really several key reasons why it's important for a SaaS company above others to have a, a trust office. And the first is that more and more companies uh, are making purchasing decisions on a broader set of criteria than just say information security or product functionality or price. But you know, companies are expecting organizations to be better citizens of the world. Um, and that includes things like uh, uh, ESG and giving back, et cetera. And so it's, it's important for a company to take, a SaaS company to take these, these things into account upfront because they're going to be things that are part of the, the company, your customers uh, buying decisions. Second, SaaS by definition is a shared responsibility model. Customers are sort of giving up a part of their direct responsibility for managing and, and securing their data and applications to the SaaS vendor. And so now you've split the responsibility for managing trust of those applications and data. And that means that it's, it becomes more and more critical as people are selecting their SaaS vendors that trust is, is number one. Um, that the that the customer can expect that you as a SaaS provider are going to do a better job than they would do in managing uh, their the their side your side of the shared success model, but also help them as customers who might be less mature than the SaaS company itself in their their programs in managing the trust of their side of the uh, shared responsibility model. Thank you, 
Great. So I think it's safe to say, Jim, that we both have experienced how the threat landscape, political conflict, the pandemic, and the SaaS models have affected our jo jobs and our organizations. What would you say were the greatest challenges in that role? Well, I think all of these roles in trust, information security, and the other domains of trust all, all have a lot of a lot of challenges. They're incredibly rewarding, but they are they are are very challenging. I'd say, you know, just to give you a, a few examples of key challenges. First, the scope. Uh, you know, the SaaS the SaaS business is growing incredibly fast, and that means that all of us who are managing uh, responsibilities within a SaaS company, or the scope of our jobs is expanding, uh, while the while the 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 bar for execution remains the same. So effectively, our jobs are getting more complicated without uh, without us raising the bar for trust. But yet, as you noted, the land, the threat landscape is sort of necessitating that all of us also raise our bar because if we simply stand still with respect to our standards on information security and trust, we are actually moving backwards because the threat landscape is moving forward and we have to move just to keep up with it. But also the, the complexity of our environments, the integration of mergers and acquisitions, uh, the integration with customer applications and networks is, is increasing. So complexity tends to be a, a, a really challenging uh, a counterweight to information security and trust and the world's ex complexity is just excel, uh, accelerating. And then finally speed, I think, especially as we think about the current macroeconomic environment, we're seeing companies have a greater and greater need for speed and agility. Um, and as we think about trust, um, you know, we need to ensure that we can both maintain and grow the level of trust in our enterprises with all of our stakeholders, but at the same time, be business enablers to help our internal customers achieve their goals for our ultimate external customers, which is that they have the speed and agility to have their businesses succeed even in, in some of these challenging times. Yeah, great. Thank you, Jim. Since you were one of the first chief trust officers in the industry, can you tell us how the trust space has evolved since you were appointed in 2016? Sure. I think we were very early on in this journey in 2016. And at the time, I think we were one of the very few, if not only companies to have a chief trust officer. You know, now we're seeing more and more uh, uh, companies such as SAP, Adobe, Atlassian have chief trust officers. So we're starting to see this conversation uh, expand beyond uh, beyond just Salesforce and a few uh, couple of SaaS providers. We're seeing this conversation broaden in other organizations outside of outside of traditional corporations, and I think that uh, I think we're going to continue to see that happen. We're also seeing um, teams inside of companies come together to address areas that have historically been un unfunded or under underfunded until there was an incident. So things like fraud and abuse or mis and disinformation, we're seeing companies take those, those issues on head on proactively more than, than waiting for there to be an external incident. So I think we've moved from you know, something where trust was not was not a, a key broad focus area for organizations to a place that it's now part of, it's part of the ongoing discussion about how we govern organizations, but also how we need to organize and, and fund our internal programs to, to be successful uh, in trust. And Jim, what kinds of companies in, in what kinds of industries should consider creating a trust office? You mentioned a few of our partners, um, but what other companies do you think should start thinking about this? 
Well, if you think about it broadly, trust is at the center of all relationships, whether it's human to human, company to human, multiple companies, uh, organizations that are not commercial, all relationships sort of center around trust. Uh, the most positive relationships where trust is, is uh, valued and maintained, uh, uh, you know, it, it's, it's at the center. So I think, you know, when you think about building a trust office, there need, every organization needs to have a, a greater focus on trust and should consider having a chief trust officer. But beyond having a chief trust officer, it's really important to identify that trust leadership team. All of the functional leaders in the organization who have some amount of trust responsibility, how are you going to bring them together and foster communication, collaboration on trust within your organization? But I think that it... It, it's a really broadly applicable concept, concept, including in government organizations. Excellent. Well, next is a question that I've been asking other trust leaders to get an idea of what skills will be in high demand in this new, evolving, and a growing field. When the rec recruiting professionals, and specifically trust professionals, what experience and skills should we look for? Well, I think historically we've always, especially in information security and now evolving into trust, we've been very focused on domain specific skills, you know, whether those are skills in security or privacy. Uh, and I think we're, what we're seeing is a pivot to look for um, top level leadership skills. So things like people with high integrity, alignment to the values of the company and the mission that, that, you're, that you're trying to accomplish from a trust perspective, people who are excellent communicators people who are collaborators, people who value equality and equity that, that, will, that will build a, a, a diverse and inclusive environment to bring the, the a variety of opinions together to deliver the best outcomes uh, with respect to trust. So I think we're, we're starting to select more for how you're going, someone's going to facilitate and, and curate the team of people working on trust than someone who themselves is, is purely a domain expert. And we're starting to see a pivot. I think CISO skill sets are pivoting in a similar way, even if there isn't a chief trust officer. But these are, these are the kinds of skills that I think you really need to focus on as you're bringing in someone who ultimately needs to manage a pretty cross-functional uh, virtual team within an organization in addition to their direct line management responsibility. What do many executives critically not understand about trust? What did you struggle to communicate to the other executives or stakeholders? Well, trust is a, a fickle thing. Trust is, has to be continuously earned. People in organizations you know, that are in relationships are always watching how others are behaving to understand, you know, can I continue to trust this person Does, or this organization? Do they have my, my best interest at heart? But yet trust can be lost in a moment. You can make a single mistake and it can be a really, it take a really long time to rebuild that trust after that incident. So I think it's really critical that every organization that you consider trust in everything you do, not just how you're building your products or securing your customer's data, but every single interaction, whether that's the processes that you use to sell them, how you support your products with your customers and the sort of non-commercial equivalents of those those responsibilities, but to every single meeting um, and event that you have with your customer. So I, I talked about the need for a focus on equity and equality and equity. You know, I think that when you think about who represents your company in meetings with other companies, are you bringing a diverse group of, of individuals, diverse group of opinions and skill sets to with you to those meetings with your external stakeholders? That's going to have an impact on the how the other 
organization views you from a trust perspective. So really it has to be ingrained in everything you do on a day-to-day -day basis. And Jim, so you have seen the evolution of the trust domain. Now, where is trust headed? What will keep future chief trust officers up at night? Well, you know, the, the focus on trust, as I've said, is, is increasing. I think we're seeing this conversation uh, increase uh, in, in its intensity and its importance to organizations worldwide. You know, more and more companies, I think, are going to start taking a trust first approach. But as you mentioned, the trust landscape is getting more and more challenging every day. Geopolitical events, cybersecurity threats, et cetera, are making and maintaining trust harder and harder every single day. You know, most of our organizations are not organized or funded to maximally succeed on trust. And I think we need to make changes uh, in, in that area. I think more we need, we're gonna see organizations uh, having more uh, support from management and boards of directors in the same way that we're thinking about um, the SEC is talking about uh, disclosures related to board of directors, expertise in technology and cybersecurity. I think we're going to start to see more focus and governance on trust um, and, and therefore companies having to take it more seriously because they're going to have to speak externally about the level of trust, uh, their investments in trust as an organization, either directly during purchasing conversations or through external reporting requirements like the SEC. We also need new tools to make this easier. You know, there, there's, there's a vibrant ecosystem of vendors building cybersecurity and information security tools, but we haven't seen the same level of investment in the trust, the broader set of trust tools. And I think we're gonna see uh, an opportunity for people to bring new and innovative solutions to market that help us all build and maintain trust with our stakeholders. Definitely. We're very much looking forward to the market evolution in that domain too. And Jim, and now my last question, what is your best advice for companies that are considering establishing a trust office? Well, this is, this is a, this is another great question. You know, for me, everything starts with values, you know, really identifying what's important to you. So I think it's important for everybody to dig in and write down what trust means to their organization and to their stakeholders. It's not a, it's not an internally, uh, purely internally faced uh, uh, process. And you have to actually look outside and interview your stakeholders to really understand what's important to them from a, a trust perspective. You know, talk to all of the stakeholders within your organization. Um, and get external advisors. You know, I, I have a, a, a few view that uh, you can never get too many uh, additional inputs as you're trying to make decisions. You know, I've advised a number of companies who are looking to build out functions in this space. And I'll say that I always encourage them to talk to as many stakeholders as possible. But once you've done that information gathering exercise, it's really important to build a specific plan with milestones and metrics that help you understand are you actually making progress toward the, the, the trust uh, goals that you've set out for yourself and measure it so that you know you have it when you, when you get to the other side. Like any other big project, you, uh, build, building trust has to be intentional and, and it has to be measured. And if we don't measure it, uh, we likely won't get it. Well, thank you for a great conversation, Jim, and thank you for joining us today on the Trust Corner. Thank you so much for having me.